0: You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Section 23. The Reader's Corner. A Meeting Place for Readers of Astounding Stories. Part 2. Covers to imaginative? Dear Editor, for crying out loud, why can't everyone be satisfied? One person says our magazine is too small. Another says it's okay. One wants so-and-so's work, someone else doesn't, etc. Why can't readers be reasonable? They'll continually admit A.S. is the best science fiction magazine on the market, with which I thoroughly agree, and then they'll start complaining, as if anything can be 100% perfect, though A.S. comes awfully near it. Then, for some of the complaints, I recall but two sensible ones. I have read every issue of A.S. except for the first two, and several times I have been tempted to write you about them. 1 too imaginative a cover gives the narrow-minded non-science fiction reader an idea that our magazine contains trash i refer to such covers as those on august september october nineteen thirty issues and in the march april and especially may nineteen thirty one issues these people's opinions reflect rather harshly on the faithful a s readers can't the covers be more like those on march may june and july nineteen thirty issues All those stories themselves, however, were great, as usual. 2. Please hold down on the reader's corner. Isn't an eight- and nine-page section a bit too much? A short story had been suggested. Good idea. Why not limit it to a maximum of, say, five pages? I shall not complain of any of the stories, because I realize that others probably enjoyed what very few I may not have. I must, however, say that Ray Cummings's Brigands of the Moon holds first place, in my opinion. It was great. Please keep up the excellent work. Meredith L. Evans forty O one Cedar Lane, Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania Evenly Divided Dear Editor, Although I missed the first few issues of Astounding Stories due to the fact that I was not aware of its publication, I have become a regular reader. In glancing through your reader's corner, I became aware of the fact that most of the letters therein praise Astounding Stories to the skies and put it far ahead of any other science fiction magazine. I will not go so far, as it is my belief that most magazines of this type are on the same level. In fact, it seems absurd to me to state otherwise, as the authors who write for you one month publish stories in another magazine the next month. Of course, these authors put out, once in a while, stories that are much better than their usual offering. but taken over a fairly long period of time, these periodic occurrences will be about evenly divided amongst various magazines. I have the conceit to believe that I know what I am talking about, as my observations are based on five years of science fiction reading. Of course, while I believe that there are other magazines equally as good, Astounding Stories is certainly not inferior to any. There is always room for science fiction magazine of the same caliber as Astounding Stories, but unfortunately for the public, there are too few of them. James M. Kennedy, Ithaca, New York. Machine or Beast Dear Editor, Having read about every issue of Astounding Stories to date, I have decided that it is the best of the three science fiction magazines that I have read. The best story that you have published yet, in my opinion, is Brigands of the Moon, by Ray Cummings. C. Will Peasley Wright and Victor Rousseau are also very good writers. The only two stories that I did not like were Murder, Madness and Earth, the Marauder. The former belonged in a detective magazine, and the latter in the wastebasket. It was too far-fetched for even my imagination. Now a word about your cover illustrations. The first issue that I bought convinced me that your artist was a genius, but my opinion of him is steadily decreasing. That illustration that I speak of was a scene from Brigands of the Moon. It certainly was good. Lately I am ashamed to show the magazine to my friends because of the gaudily painted and repugnant creatures on the cover. A picture of a machine is much more appropriate than a beast of some kind— wesso seems to be able to draw a picture like that which is on the march or april nineteen thirty numbers better than those of late i would like to communicate with the science fiction readers about my age which is fifteen i will answer any or all letters that are written to me william d crocker ashfield Massachusetts. expert opinion dear editor may i express my pleasure and gratification in your worthy magazine i read two other science fiction publications besides yours but Astounding Stories is by far their superior, especially as there is a human interest to your stories that is sadly lacking in the others. They also contain too much technical detail. Your magazine is just right. The paper is easy on the eyes and the type is distinct and doesn't blur or tire the eyes. The color illustrations leave nothing to be desired. The edges, size, number of pages, etc. are of no concern to me. I have read every issue of Astounding Stories since it was published and can find no fault with it whatever, if those sore heads who howl incessantly about the minor details would only try to get out a paper of their own, they would soon see what a wonderful work you were doing. The May 1931 issue, which I have just finished, is really the best collection of science fiction stories I have read in many a day, and I have read quite a bit. I wish you every success in the world. C.P. Binsford, M.D., of 604 Pearl Street, Huntsville, Alabama. A satirical drama. Complete. Dear Editor, one-act play of the future. Time Traveler from the 20th Century. So this is the year 24,000 A.D. Sul D. Nine. Yes, visitor from the past. Time Traveler. Say, Sul D. Nine, has astounding stories brought out a quarterly yet? Sul D. Nine. No, man from long ago, but it looks like we will have one within the next five years. Forrest J. Ackerman. 530 Staples Avenue, San Francisco, California. An Employment Non-Solution. Dear Editor, Owing to the fact that I have been a constant reader of astounding stories since the first day it appeared in the newsstands, I think that it is about time for me to drop a few lines to you to show my appreciation for the many, many good stories that you have given the readers of science fiction in the pages of your magazine. I agree very strongly with Mr. Sager of Bensmore, Alabama about the paper and the book. If the stories are interesting, Why, in the name of the seven kinds of Hades, should anyone worry about the kind of paper as long as the print is readable? What is that old saying about the best articles not being always in the best wrapped parcels? I am here to say that Astounding Stories is the best of its kind. What I have to say now is by no means a criticism. I am merely asking for an explanation. I have no regards for those people who are continually looking for flaws to peck about in various stories. In the May 1931 issue, my choice of all the fine stories was Dark Moon. That was a super story, and I enjoyed it from start to finish, even the third or fourth time I read it. If a story is worth reading once, it is worth reading several times, is my belief. But now comes the question. Will some other kind reader endeavor to explain it to me? How could the intrepid explorers of Dark Moon see the light of Earth and other planets if the light from the Dark Moon could not pass the gaseous formation to Earth, etc.? and how could the dark moon receive the light that it did mr Diffin did not explain that perhaps he intends to do so in a sequel who knows one main fault i find with astounding stories is that it is not published twice a month if not oftener way anyway, would that not be a plan to help out unemployment it would put more men to work and i am sure that all of us readers could scrape up twenty cents more a month for this wonderful magazine how about it but this i think would increase unemployment I would like to hear from some of the readers in the near future. Best wishes for the continued prosperity of the magazine. Kristen G. Davis, 531, South Millard, Chicago, Illinois. Doggone if he didn't! Dear Editor, The stories being the most important part of the magazine come first. Dark Moon by Charles W. Diffin is the best novelette you have yet published, and that's saying a lot for it, isn't it? Next comes The Exile of Time by Ray Cummings, Another impossible time-traveling story, but nevertheless interesting. Welcome to Astounding Stories, Mr. Shrushner and Mr. Zaget. Your story of the Death Cloud was great. I hope you'll favor us with another story soon. And if here isn't Captain Meek, with another Dr. Bird story. Captain Meek, if you stop writing them, I'll never read another of your marvelous stories. The moon turned green and I'll be done gone if Hal K. Wells didn't go and write a nice little story telling us all about it. That was nice of you, Mr. Wells. I enjoyed it very, very much. Now let's take a look at the cover. Mr. Wesso, you certainly have a marvelous imagination. You are an excellent cover artist. It isn't everyone that can illustrate science fiction stories. I do wish that you will illustrate science fiction stories only, as that is where you are at your best. Almost any artist can illustrate detective story magazines, so don't waste your talent on them. Ha! Here we are at the In the Next Issue page. Hurrah, hurrah, Arthur J. Burks is back again. Can't you manage to get next month's issue out a little earlier, Mr. Bates? R. F. Starzl's also back again. And there's another story by Charles W. Diffin. Isn't this a grand old world? I will close with this suggestion. Let's have more illustrations. At least two for each installment of the serials and two for each long novelette. Make the extra illustrations full-page ones. Jack Darrow 4225 North Spalding Avenue, Chicago, Illinois and amusing dear editor i have just finished the may issue of a s and i want to tell you that dark moon by charles w divin was fine let's have more stories like that your the readers corner sure is interesting and amusing i like to read letters from readers a bouquet a s is a really fine magazine i think it is one of the best of its kind of course it can be improved but what can't there's no sense in criticizing a magazine as some readers do I think if the editor could make his magazine any better, he would do it without hesitation. Charles Strata 503 Olive Street, Kansas City, Montana Cummings and Wagner Dear Editor, Astounding Stories is, in my estimation, the best magazine on the market. Words are feeble when an accurate description of the pleasure that I receive from every issue of Astounding Stories is needed however i will say that next to my extreme appreciation of classical music i rate astounding stories as being the best outlet of my emotions as in the music of the great german composer richard wagner whom i rate as the greatest of all composers so do i find an outlet of my emotions by reading a novelette by cummings vincent leinster and many other of your excellent authors for example i shall take the overture to the flying dutchman in the beginning of this overture we hear the opening call played by the trombones with string section accompanying this principal motive with wild crescendo. This excites the brain so that a taste of supreme motives is like an appetizer at dinner. So, taking the novel Ray Cummings, entitled Beyond the Vanishing Point, we find that in the opening paragraphs there is also an appetizer to the rest of the story which is to follow. Now returning to our Flying Dutchman overture, we find that after the introduction by the wild calls of the trombones and the string accompaniment, we gradually drift into somewhat pensive mood. So in the story, for the next few pages, we find more or less quiet reading. Gradually, however, this quiet mood in the music gives way to rolls on the kettle drums, announcing a grand climax. Finally, the music becomes wilder and wilder until at last the storm breaks, and we actually picture this ghost ship riding over the waves in a terrific storm. Lightning flashes, thunder roars, Huge waves sweep over the deck of the ship as we see the Dutchman at the wheel, laughing out his defiance and diabolical fury. And so in the story we are finally led up to the grand climax, which actually grips anyone with an ounce of red blood in his veins. And now I would like to ask the following questions. Is there some reader of Astounding Stories who no longer has any use for the old issues of Astounding Stories, and would be so kind as to send me these? From the first issue up to November 1930 issue and also the December 1930 issue are the magazines that I should like to have. Leave your magazine as is. Only have one good long novelette, not two fairly good ones as in your April issue, which was not up to the standard set by your previous magazines. Walter J. Deal, one hundred forty five thirty eight Eighth 8th Avenue, Malba, New York. This Time-Traveling Traffic Dear Editor, Many times during the past months while reading your really remarkable magazine, I have come across contradictions and explanations throughout the stories which while not very serious tend to give me the impression that the authors either did not care about nor did not see through the errors they committed i did not complain about them considering them but minor mistakes but in ray cummings's last current novel the exile of time there exists such a monstrosity as i believe calls for an explanation mr cummings's story you know centres around his time-travelling machine if such as think were possible Would it not be reasonable to believe that a holder of the secret of time-travelling could go back into the past and prevent some catastrophe or tragedy, as his historical knowledge of the event would make possible? According to this theory, then, a person could go back into the past and divert the hand of Wilkes Booth on April 15, 1865, about to assassinate Lincoln. But this shows its own impossibilities, that of two contradicting absolute truths for the world to believe. Likewise, a person could travel into the future, learn of his own death, "'go back into his own time and take measures to prevent it. "'In the same way, this could not be. "'But Mr. Cummings explains that these things are impossible. "'I do not mean to be critical, "'but it would lend much more interest to the story "'if the authors would be a bit more careful. "'Robert W. Conrad, Rush City, Minnesota. "'Tripe? "'Dear Editor, "'In the short time your magazine has been out, "'it has already established itself as the best in its field. "'I got a real kick out of most of your stories. "'In the May issue, two yarns are outstanding.' Charles W. Diffin's Splendid Dark Moon, and Nat Noschner and Arthur L. Zagat's especially find the Death Cloud. These two are as thrilling of stories as I have ever read. Mr. Diffin I have read before and always enjoy, but Messrs. Staschner and Zagat are new to me. I am looking forward to seeing more of their stuff. But what has happened to Cummings? He used to be aces up— but now comes this tripe of his called the Exile of Time, especially the current installment with the long-winded rot about mysticism and theosophy, and the Lord knows what. Where was the editor when this blew in? Surely there are plenty of swami sheets for that truck. It has no place in astounding stories. Give us more Diffin, Leinster, Shoshner, Zagad and Rousseau, and you'll keep us all satisfied. DK, Standish Arms, Brooklyn, New York. For Rocket Fans Dear Editor, it may interest your readers to know that the american interplanetary society has just completed its first year of existence and looks forward to a most energetic second year in pursuing its aims the society has practically completed the first lap of its research on the possibilities and limitations of the rocket and intends to continue this research for another year before publishing a complete report which shall be the first extensive survey of the rocket in english we plan also to extend the size and scope of our monthly bulletin to make it of a real magazine that shall publish all of the news, both of America and abroad, dealing with developments in astronautics and rocketry. It will also contain the reports of the Society's members on the rocket, as well as some interesting general articles on the various phases of interplanetary travel. Plans are also maturing for a campaign of mutual experimentation on the rocket, which we shall be ready to carry out before the end of the year. The Society is also completing plans for the formation of an international interplanetary commission, which shall coordinate the work of the National Science Societies and plan to solve the problems of astronautics on a worldwide basis. While the growth of the Society during the past year was very promising, we hope to extend during this year the scope and field of our activities and membership. We have members now in 36 states, in Canada, Mexico, France, and Russia. To your readers, we offer our active and associate memberships, giving to lovers of science fiction a chance to assist in the bringing to realization the dream of all interplanetary travel. Information about the society and the classes of membership can be obtained by writing to the secretary at the address below, Nathan Shockner, Sec. American Interplanetary Society, One Thirteen West Forty Second Street, New York City. The Reader's Corner. All readers are extended a sincere and cordial invitation to come over in the Reader's Corner and join in our monthly discussion of stories, authors, scientific principles, and possibilities, everything that's of common interest in connection with our astounding stories. Although from time to time the editor may make a comment or so, this is a department primarily for readers, and we want to make full use of it. Likes, dislikes, criticisms, explanations, roses, brick brats, suggestions everything's welcome here so come over in the reader's corner and discuss it with all of us the editor end of the reader's corner a meeting place for readers of astounding stories part two end of section twenty three end of astounding stories nineteen july nineteen thirty one by ray cummings